encouraging us. He's encouraging us. Yeah, so it's a friendly, friendly person that she is. Friendly person I still have yet to meet. If her name starts with a D. Then you gotta get with me. Fuck yes, daddy. Yes. <laughs> you know, the one thing you, you can truly say about this show is we are sadly juvenile about everything. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty fucking weird. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we, yeah. we have our moments That's in the part sun. of the charm, though. It's you like get your charm. You get your charm. Spanish Lord. Space Lord, Mother, Mother, Space Lord, Mother, Mother, Fucker. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome everyone once again to a, an episode of the Lobby Boys podcast. I am Naveed. I'm Zach. And I'm Terry. It is good to have you gentlemen back on. Yes, it's been a little bit. It has been a little bit. We have the the hotel closed up for a little bit to uh, do this episode, so mm-hmm. we have some free time. We remembered the nails and boards this time, also. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's been a it's been a rough yeah. week, everyone. So we yeah. kind of just mm-hmm. keeping it casual and just going with the classic boards and nails. Well, with what's happened this week, what do you bring this week? What do you bring? This week? What do I bring this week? That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. What are you bringing on this week? Hmm? What am I bringing on this week? I like to talk about, you know, adaptations of tabletop games to uh, video games. Mm. I think huh. that... Oddly enough, I haven't... Uh, I want to talk about something similar to this. No, that works I was going to actually talk about something similar to that. Oh, look at that. It just kind of works it This is just going to be like an open discussion. It's, this is just an open discussion until <laughs> we get to the main one. Um, so... The one that comes to mind majorly for me is the most recent Call of Cthulhu game, since that was basically supposed to be a light adaptation of the tabletop game. It's got like the same uh, percentage system with character points and all that. Cock? Yeah, cock. The famous tabletop game, cock. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's just... It didn't work as well, sadly. And I'm sad about it because I first saw uh, the game trailer for it and I was excited. One, because I'm a huge fan of Lovecraftian horror and I don't think there's enough video games directly pulling from that. So, no, you don't want too much. No, you don't want too much. But, you know, something that's at least got like uh, mentions of stuff from the universe, you know, like name drop of Randolph Carter or something like that. But, uh, you know, this it did have like some name dropping, but droppings. <laughs> I yeah. I think that for uh just kind of the adaptation for tabletop to video yeah. games or maybe even vice versa, there's there's a time and a place for them, you know? Yeah. Um I believe that a game needs to create a considerable reputation for itself before yeah. it kind of goes tabletop and and you know just in verbatim with that just there has to be kind of a a spark to that that tabletop or that game that really makes a group of people go hmm you know what this would this would be a really good tabletop or this would be a really good game and in essence with all of that I, i think that throughout the years we've seen some 
really good video games transform into really good tabletops or vice versa like with Baldur's Gate uh, that series is huge and you know people constantly praise it Baldur's Gate and uh Pathfinder actually had Pathfinder, a, yeah. a really good um video game installment as well so it's just I mean so like overall going like, from board game to video game yeah yeah okay. and I'm so uh, what what was it uh which is not not too long ago um I got the the Dark Souls um, deck building card game. Yeah. Mm. And um, that one was actually pretty neat too. It, and, it and does it, have a nice system to it. And everything that the game has um, with its essence like really extracts like the foundational um, kind of mechanical outline of Dark Souls. And that art kills, man. It's such good art. Yeah. I, I, and that's another thing yeah. too. Um, you got to have good art. Of course, you also and, have to and, But not art. just good art, too. The art has to represent what you're trying to capture, right? Mm. You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense for someone trying to to go out and yeah. just kind of, you know, go for a money grab or even magic. Magic? <laughs> magic? magic? Well, Magic the Gathering has had many uh, video games, but I'll let Zach finish before I talk on that. It just, I don't know, like, you know, just for like Dark yeah. Souls, for example, like it doesn't make any sense for someone going, all right, well, let's let's, you know, make this a tabletop. But, you know, let's kind of go all out for this. You know, like let's give it like a cool cartoon esque art style. Oh, that would never work. That's it, a that's a no, no. Yeah, you know, because kind of like doing something than making yeah. an anime version. Exactly. And, and sometimes that works depending on like how that's a transition because you know there's because, like some grimy art styles yeah and there has to be and if you are going to try to change the art style and not just put the game onto the table yeah you have to have a justifiable reason for it yeah you, like you have to come out and be like well we kind of thought that it could use this spin or this spin and i think a great example of that is uh munchkin because that has like a lot of uh properties uh Sure, like Munchkin is its own game, but they very cartoonishly like will have Star Wars or Warhammer 40k, I think is a big one. That's you kind of need that gritty art style to it. And I think you can even just kind of go into a game that really kind of never became a I mean, it's a game now, but yeah. Catan. Oh, uh, yeah. Catan. It, it has it's very much a game I've, I've, I I want to play. I just haven't got. I've heard much about it. I, I've. As of up until a couple months ago, I've played every current version of Catan that they've had out there. And really? I, I like I agree with people that like what they said that like you change the art style, you change some of the mechanics of the game and it's completely different, even yeah. though it follows the same exact concept, you know, but even the same can be said with games is that there are a lot of games and even sequels and and prequels they all follow kind of the same cookie cutter outline but it's what you do with it that you know gives you yeah. that good experience gives you that substance and even potentially could you know come onto the table mm -hmm. one day yeah um like uh cookie cutter uh, cookie cutting with games i think uh one thing i think on with that is uh fallout 3 and uh fallout new vegas which are vastly different in terms of story, but it's basically just the same game engine and a lot of similar models, but with uh, a few changes made to New Vegas, but 
in addition to like it's like you said just new mechanics added and a few extra things it, it's an entirely different game but still built on like that base engine from three i i think one thing that uh, they did right with three yeah um was pacing even though the story wasn't that great yeah it had good pacing to it, it did have a nice and pace. um because there were some parts of new vegas that actually felt really really dragged out um <laughs> i will the, say uh, ncr storyline <laughs> yeah the entire the ncr storyline and even just the first couple starting yeah. missions are like really really long to, well, to get out of that tutorial you don't even of. have to do the tutorial is the thing too though <clears throat> meanwhile yeah, I, three. I, I tend to fly through the tutorials even though the, um yeah. i'm probably one of those people that play that should go through the tutorial <laughs> no but like uh in new vegas uh the thing that differs mainly is like new vegas you don't have to do the tutorial at all you can just go off and do your own thing versus three where you have to go through that what hour-long tutorial before you can even get to exploring the wasteland yeah i i, I don't really know what they were trying to go with for for three as in terms of a tutorial yeah. i i understand that they kind of wanted fallout the three to be kind of a more central plot line and it's just you know you're looking for your dad whenever you get out of there and you they wanted the player to experience a little bit of what vault life is like but no one fucking cares because vault life it it's like a thing of it going into the series a bit here it's different vault to vault and it's boring as all hell it, it's it's it varies <laughs> it varies and you know like you never know if you're in a vault that has an experiment or it's a vault that is exempt of experimentation yeah. but which is extremely rare yeah i mean pretty much <laughs> every vault is part of an experiment of some sort but Even the ones that seem normal have like something underlying. i i just think overall what they were trying to go for i get like yeah. i get it but every vault like you said is different so it's like are you really in capturing what vault life is like if it's different I, i've never cared about any of the games and what was going on with the vault the vault stuff can be very boring because the they faster chose... i can get out of there and start exploring the world right yeah because like, it's the most boring vault that they decided to do also it's the vault that never opens up like yeah but in there's nothing to exactly that. but in tandem with that exploring the vaults as you know kind of you're already in the world of yeah. whatever fallout installment that's the that's the bread and butter of it. it it feels kind of like one of those like sort of found documents uh books and all that like i think that one that's i think of is dracula it was basically just a collection of documents put into one book i had the concept of the novel itself it carries kind of the same yeah yeah and it, it kind of feels like that where you're putting together this story as you go through yeah exactly and all of these vaults tell a story yeah. and i think it's really neat that you walk in you know like without any guides or you know just kind of reading your terminals reading any papers that you could find off corpses and you and just the overall layout of the vault, you're kind of like, oh man, well, what happened here? Yeah. And you like you just don't get that same effect as just playing as someone who's just an ordinary vault dweller and it, it who has no personality whatsoever and can't really build much. Exactly. Them. You know, you're just living in this vault and like that's it. I mean, I mean, I guess people could argue that 
fallout shelter is the same thing, but I think that's different because different. you're not living in the vault. No, because trying to become the next overseer and you do all of these things, but it's a tower defense game. Basically you're going for like the time money and just the toying around with it. Yeah. So, but the adaptation from fallout onto the tabletop, I think was really cool. I, which, which do you mean? Cause there's been a good few, the current one that wasteland have, warfare. Um, I have not played Wasteland Warfare, but four four has its own tabletop version, right? That there's that board game. I've actually heard that the board game's not that great. That's that's what I've heard at least. I heard, I heard the same thing, but yeah. I heard that the expansion to it fixed a lot of the problems. New Vegas, uh, I think so. They didn't even have the thing. So the thing that this is just my own pickiness about it, but the thing that I don't like about the New Vegas, uh. Uh, add-on is they didn't put in a california ranger it's new vegas they have those rangers why won't you put that that's like one of people's favorite uh looking you know character designs the 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 rangers so cool (laughs) yeah it's cool but yeah you know you never really know the reasons behind some of the things that they do like some things get left out, you know, some things go in. Like, I know, um, uh, what tabletop was it? I think it was, was it Mysterium? I think it might have been Mysterium. And, but anyway, they ran out of money. Really? They didn't, they didn't have the funding to huh. finish what they wanted to do. So they kind of had to just, put the game out because they ran out of money. Now the game still succeeded. Yeah. But you know, they were kind of like, well, we didn't get to put everything that we wanted in there. Yes. We ran out of funding or in, I, I don't think it was Mysterium, but it it was, it was a board game that, you know, like it still succeeded, but kind of just at the skid of its teeth because people just so happened to have liked it a lot and really got into it. Do you know, it's a great game. What? Betrayal on Hill House. As, <laughs> you know what else is a great game? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Ooh. Have you gotten those cards yet, Dad? Yu-Gi-No. <laughs> You've just been waiting to say Betrayal this entire time. Yes, I yeah. love just <laughs> Really? I decided, you know what? I'm going to bust in on this because they have a good conversation going on. Why not ruin it? Oh, no. Those beady eyes <laughs> were really looking for some betrayal. Yeah. I'm shifting. here to betray. I'm here to betray. <laughs> you, you, you know... Um, <laughs> One concept that I actually had, because um, I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan. Yeah, of course. Um, so th- does Zelda stuff. still wear the green outfit and the little pointy hat? You asked me there this already. There is, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm I'm aware of this, and I'll probably keep asking you this until there's a lot to do. With you Zelda, may stab me you know? <laughs> with Zelda's little sword. Wait, which, well, which sword? The one that talks or the one that he gets from the cookery village? Sure, why not? <laughs> Maybe even with the flute. Wait, the Zelda's wait, wait. flute? I thought Zelda was no. the Green Ranger. What? Oh, shit. Z- Z- Zach. Zach. Zelda was the Red Ranger. There is no Red Ranger. Are you talking about Dino Force? Zach. Or Quantum Leap? You were the Black Ranger. You, you know what? What? Sam Beckett is a treasure. Sam Beckett is a treasure. Sam Beckett is a treasure. Sam Beckett is a 
Treasure. Treasure. Don't you Treasure. bring him up in a negative context. <laughs> 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 no, but um, so the concept I had yeah. um a couple of years ago, like when Breath of the Wild came out, I was like, huh, like an open world esque tabletop for that game for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and I even actually got into like the small process of like trying to make little models and writing out ruling and and uh, at one point I had like all of this cardboard in my basement. Oh, that sounds so cool. Uh, of of like environments and kind of like how I would want the game to play yeah. out of you know kind of like just exploration like how would cuz one thing that they did really well in Breath of the Wild was yeah. making travel fun. They did. Making it enjoyable like like Climbing a mountain was enjoyable to do. It didn't mm. feel like a task. It didn't it feel didn't, tedious. Or it, it did feel like a nice, task. It's nice when something yeah. something good gets added. Yeah, abs- it, absolutely. It, and, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, how can I take the the essence of, of those properties yeah. and and put it onto a tabletop of something that people can enjoy mm-hmm. as well as be like, oh, it's it's really nice to explore the board, right? And not just go well, for the objectives and try to do whatever not, not to give really away not to give away um any good ideas but what you could do with that is something not unlike betrayal at uh, house on the hill how <sighs> calm down calm down how you have the tiles and yeah. you just keep adding to the tiles so yeah. that so if it's kind of an open world then you would just at, move the tiles wherever you want and i got i got that idea um <clears throat> because so my very first draft it was just this massive cardboard mm-hmm. sheet uh, and then i was like um but but no but yeah. I, I didn't at the time i didn't know what i needed to add or or take away and i was like oh why don't i just make the board dynamic if it's an open world game it's got to stay dynamic and yeah and fresh and so i I still have all of that cardboard in my basement. And um, if like you would go down into my basement, you would see just tons of cardboard boxes mm-hmm. just waiting to be cut up for me to do something else with them. But I, I don't know. It's it's a big idea. And, do, you, uh, do you still have that thing I made for you for your action figures? Or? No, we threw that away. Remember? No. Yeah, we threw that away. Okay. Whenever we moved out of the apartment. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That was really cool, though. What what did you have? Um, so basically, um, what he what he made for me was like this little card, this actually fairly large cardboard base for my three three quarter inch action figures, and we would just keep adding onto it. So I had like all these different spiraling rooms and hallways, hmm. and a hangar. Huh. We just made that out of cardboard. It's well, pretty well, cool. Because when awesome. I was a kid, I couldn't afford, um, like play sets, so I would just get. Like I say, it would start with a, sh- a shoe box, and then add another box to it, and like it went to where I had like sliding doors. Um, I would cut pictures out of magazines for like posters on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, I had air ducts. Oh, that's the rad. characters could go th- and and it's just like toilet paper tubes. I just had air ducts going <laughs> through, and they would come up through the floor into another room. Right, it, right. it was like it was ridiculously intricate, and yeah. I'll be honest, like after I put that stuff together i'm like i don't need these like yeah at the time like 40 50 dollar yeah setups yeah but um i I, I would like to add 
one thing though, I did end up getting him a real actual playset, and he went on to play with the box that came with the Millennium Falcon. So, it had, play it, with the box. So the box that came the in. The box was kind of, it, it, well, it was a slip. The, the, the outside of it was like a slip box, but inside of it was a clamshell. It was cardboard. It was a hard cardboard. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it looked kind of like a mountain range or something. It had like all these bumps and grooves and like little places where people could like duck down. If, if, if I had like, if I had a good camera at the time, what I probably would have done with it is painted it all black and then painted windows on it because it looked like a city, like the top of a city. Yeah. And you could probably get like a cool, cool little zoom in. Yeah. And then put like little digital things flying around. Hmm. As I think about it now. That's but, as we think about it now, we could do exactly what they did whenever they made the Blade Runner movies. Yeah. Hmm. So, but. Like, Sorry to throw things off track. No, 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 it's no always you're nice good. We should change the name of the podcast to the Tangent Boys. <laughs> the Tangent Boys. No, but I, I think it's just really neat um, to be in that kind of same headspace that creators of you know games, the tabletops, kind of have. Like, how do you encapture the essence on a board mm-hmm. and not make it boring or or bring it down in some way, shape, or form? And it's honestly in my opinion the most challenging aspect of that like because you're not even really doing anything yet you're just trying to figure out how do you get these pieces moving in the first place mm-hmm. and then after that it kind of it kind of builds onto it because like another idea for um a tabletop that i had was actually for shadow of the colossus Ooh, and hear about this one how we'll have to talk about our uh, monster hunter one next the monster <laughs> oh that one would have been so cool. that one sucked um oh. but um the so the map would be dynamic because of the 16 colossi that you had to slay mm-hmm. and kind of how the game works is the map unfolds after every colossus that you you kill you go to the next area of the map and you get to experience this game world that feels central at first but then is significantly more open than you originally thought when you first started it and up until the final boss you the the map tiling and you know the geography and topography would all get added in as you would slay these colossi and then eventually you would have this complete board with all of these beacons of all of the colossi that you slayed mm-hmm. um and i was like oh that, that's that's pretty cool and like it's not something that would take you super long to play through necessarily yeah but i, I think it's a one of the more unique ideas out there for for a tabletop and you know you can play it solo too because um that's one thing that's how, i i really like works. about um board games in recent years is yeah that single player thing cuz you know sometimes it's like yeah i want to play this but uh, there's nobody here but if you have a little single player engine to it that adds a little value to a game just something so simple you know Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to some people being, well, it's sad they're playing a board game by themselves, but it's like, you know, just because somebody else isn't there, what's it going to hurt, you know? And if you really think about it, like a board game is just like a video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just, you're, you're on, it's on a physical plane and you, you got these units there. It's yeah. just, you're not in front of a screen and you don't have a controller, but yeah. you know, like 
at least to me, it doesn't yeah. feel much different. And on some days, I'd prefer to play a board game by myself than, yeah. to, to, than to play games all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, that whole thing of, like, um, basically a board game that plays like a video game, sometimes that works. And sometimes you get things like a D&D 4th Edition, which with I've seen, like, a lot of the rules for that. And it feels like they were trying to, like, replicate what World of Warcraft would do. And looking at it and like looking at how a lot of rules work, especially in like 3.5, which I hear is like the favorite edition for most people. um, It didn't like mesh as well because it was like a thing where like everyone, like they had classes, but like that class would also be like a certain type of class. So like you'd have your like your strikers, your tanks and something like that. So you would have to, so in order to like do things right, it would have to like mesh well because you couldn't have like two tanks or something like that. Yeah, just the, um, you know, for for D&D, like, really pushing for the whole team synergy yeah. aspect, I, I think. I, I get what they were trying to do in 4E. Um, yeah. And even in 5E, too, you can see a little bit of that as yeah. well. But, uh, like, you can't, like, you don't need to have, like, a full group of people, but, like, it definitely is a thing where... It's recommended. Yeah, I, I understand that. But, you know, like, D and D can be tough sometimes. I, I, I think from what I've seen, both playing and DMing games of, of D&D, I, I've seen that a lot of people want to be the main character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it, it, it saddens me because yeah. it's a really important part of the game experience that they're missing it's mm-hmm. the yeah. story is about you and your team experiencing this all together and you know you get that one person that comes along and they're like oh i'm gonna take charge and you know we're gonna go this way but it's I like dark well, steel the ebony angel yes i shall lead us to victory yeah something, yeah, something <laughs> like that and but you know they never ask like yeah. What do you guys want to do? And yeah. it's like, well, I think that we should do this. Or, oh, well, nah, oh. Well, I think we'll do this instead. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I've seen that a lot in D&D. And, you know, sometimes it kind of just happens. And you see that shift in mood. And people are kind of just playing the game now just because, you know, you've dedicated yourself to this group. You so gotta you got to see it the whole way through. Yeah. But I've, played and, and dm'd games where there's just this magic at the table that yeah. people have and you know everyone's role-playing their characters and they're expressing themselves and and it's just there's a lot of effort that goes into just sitting at a table and you know pretty much just talking to each other and yeah. doing these things for a couple hours but it's more than that well, it, it if you if you have a good DM, they can keep control of that situation. And one that doesn't railroad you, like say you want to go to the bathhouse, but they want you to go to the king. So the king appears out of the tub in the bathhouse. <laughs> no, don't even don't even get me started on railroading oh, campaigns. I hate railroading so much. It's but it, since you brought that up though, railroading isn't always initially terrible. It's, Sometimes 
there has to be yeah. a shackle on the game, you know? Yeah. Because you got to understand, you could do anything in D&D. Yeah. That is sometimes overwhelming to people because they want to do all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, well, we'll go to the to the caverns of Kiogwa. Well, that doesn't exist. So how about instead we just stick to the main story for now? I think in a, a great example. There, there, there's four roads to go on. Going through the bushes is not an option. I, I know. And, and, and yeah. One I kind of think on that is um, the campaign Tomb of Annihilation basically has something like that where there's sort of a clock because the whole party gets stuck with this death curse. So you can do whatever you want, but like that clock's ticking down for you to get rid of the curse that's affecting everyone as well as you. So you kind of have to play through the main story in order to sort of like complete it. Like you can't just dilly dally the whole time. Hey, I, I DM this one game where um, the one guy got afflicted with this disease. And I, I guess I don't remember what race he was, but the disease like sped up how fast he would die and uh he was like oh well i mean i guess if i'm gonna die in like three days well might as well should do whatever i want well uh he ended up lighting a just an entire settlement on fire and i'm like oh shit it's funny because the the story progression character was in that settlement. Oh no. And they, they died. Oh I, I didn't no. I didn't keep him alive because yeah I, like he he Plot. lit he lit all the houses on fire. Plotter so is dumb. You know, mm. this was at nighttime and yeah. I'm thinking realistically, well most of these people are asleep in their beds. So you know they all kind of burned to death. Yeah. And I I kind of sat there and I was like, um so guys unfortunately the campaign is over. <laughs> and they're like, why? Well so-and-so burned down the settlement and uh, the character you needed to talk to was asleep in his bed with his wife before he was singed to death. So, so, uh, yeah, I, I got, <laughs> I got like nothing a, else for you. There's like they'll thing they'll fix it in the movie adaptation. <laughs> it, it, it'll be Don't okay. Worry. We'll just hit a few buttons on our Fitbit and <laughs> fix so, it in post. I think I've heard of is like, there's, and I've seen this in like some games where like there's workarounds, like something like that. Like, sure, you can do this, but there's also like a thing of where you don't have to like stop that entirely. And one thing I've seen is like a journal in like a trunk or something as like a key thing for them to get like the information oh, that they need. Yeah. I, that's funny. Or like, you know, like the whole kind of giving them the item type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's or an alternative path at least to what they need to do. I don't know why people think it's funny, but every time I I try to nudge them in the right direction and you know pretty much spoon feed them the item, <laughs> one guy's like, you know what, we don't need this, and he'll just no, like no. chuck it in the water, and I'll be what? like, like the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. I kicked that map right into the river. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> kicked it in the creek, and, and then then they'll be like, you what? They'll get to the to the final boss and to be like, all right, well, we need the book of Azazel. <laughs> oh, that oh, oh, oh I kicked that oh, into the Oh, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> or, or like, the, I, yeah, I sold that to the gypsy. 
Because there yeah, are I sold like that a lot for of, ten gold bases. I needed to fix my sword. <laughs> there are like a lot of like MacGuffin uh, based games, which I, I think can be like a good thing or like a bad thing at times. Because a bad thing because, like you said, they can kick it into the river or something. Yeah, like look, Naveed. Ninety percent of the time in D anD D, there are no Deus Ex Machina. There are no Deus. Ex Most of the time, you either all die or you die. So, see, a lot of this stuff is why, um, like, uh, adapt odd adaptations of things, like taking something from a video game and make it into a book or make it into a movie, can really I think it's why video game movies don't work because the you, you, video games, what m- gets people to like them is there's such a buildup of the world. Yeah. And for, you know, like most people that play video games, they could watch a movie that is based on a video game because they played the video game. They know the rules. They know the, yeah. um, this person does this, this is this type of person. If this, if you do this with this thing, you got to fill in people that have never seen it. So you get hit with info dumps mm-hmm. and big info dumps are a lot of times it ruins movies because it holds them down. Like it's just like grabs their head and it's just like holding it down. Like eat it, eat it, take it all in. Or the even worse <laughs> one. And the one that I hate the most, I like some movies I ha- I like have this like a uh, monster squad. But like the roll of text slowly going. Well, down that that's screen. not a problem. That's that that that's not that big of a deal. That's that's happened yeah. in movies from from the beginning. Yeah. But it's it's when it just keeps going and going yeah. and going. Like that was the like that was the, the odd thing in Dune. Yeah. When she's talking and then she fades out and then she fades back. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> that's such like an odd, like that's such an odd thing. It's like, but it's also a David okay, Lynch thing, start. which I'm fine with. But, but it it works in the context of some of that movie. I, I it's, it's kind of like a hard thing though because reading the book, it doesn't start with like an explanation. You kind of just get that as you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's because, really funny. Yeah. Because uh, the like the way the book starts. Now the movie should have started is right whenever Paul's going to meet uh, the Reverend Mother uh, for the test, right? But you you got to remember you you are you have to clue people into what the hell's going on. I mean, we don't need. There are, I think, I think if he had it, if he had it really his way, I think. David Lynch would have just brought you into the world and then as it went, that's where you were going. But yeah, he didn't have cut on it and say, I have a lot of control in that. Movie. So, and that's why he's, he sees it as a failure and he never wants to go back to it. Like it, it's a failure. I, why do I want to go back to where I failed? Why do I want to be reminded of how I failed before? Why do you want me to fix what you broke of mine? You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, like a great a great adaptation of some of of a game is Clue. <laughs> it has That's it so has good. it has all the basic stuff. You do get info dumps, but like it's all the characters. Like they really pulled off yeah. characters, you know. And a lot of times, like you can use the characters 
um, you treat the situation yeah. as, you know, kind of what it is. And that's how you can, you know, uh, get in there and just build that little world, you know, it, and the fact that they used the, um, the whole, uh, communism thing and, yeah. uh, set it in, in the fifties. Um, it, it, it made it a little more interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it, it and it also caused, well, not caused, it created a lot of shorthand yeah. because you, you're in this time period. So you understand, oh, that's, this is what was going on. So if somebody says a word or two, then you're there, you know? Yeah. So, right. but, um, let's, for example, that like the Dungeons and Dragons movie, like that movie is, it, it has everything going against it, you know, because, so, because they, they are trying to keep everybody entertained and kind of build a world, but not really. And then you, you got your slapstick character, which kind of messes up the whole idea of it because, you know, you look at successful, like all they had to do was go with like all the sword and sandal movies from the eighties. Just look at what worked in them and go with it. So the big thing about like the D and D movie where the guy that uh, wrote and directed it, that's not the movie that he wanted to make because the studio, I forget which one it was, was really pushing for them to make this movie because in addition, this was the transition from a TSR owning D and D to wizards of the coast owning it. So wizards saw that he was trying to make this movie and they were like, listen, you got to make this now or we're giving it to someone else. So basically the whole process of like directing that movie and putting it out, it's, it's sort of like that David Lynch thing where he didn't have as much control of it as he wanted. It happens constantly. And he put out like a crappy product. Yeah. And just Hellboy was like another example of that too. And just like those opportunities of, of things that kind of hit you right in the face, whether, you know, you look at it and you're like, man, it's, it's kind of missing this element or, you know, it's kind of missing this. And one thing that actually comes to mind is, uh, the sinking city. Um, Mm. and like on the outside, you know, you, you kind of think of the outline of the game and you're like, Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. You know, you kind of investigate and then you kind of figure out what's going on. But when you play the game, it's like, Oh, this is a lot. And it doesn't at that point to me feel like a game experience. It just kind of feels like you're just reading all of these journal entries and just trying to figure this out. And that's not fun. Yeah, and it can be fun, but, but that's not it's the game not, it was meant to be in. Yeah, and it's not a gaming experience, really. And yeah. I was always wondering, like, man, why did this, no pun intended, sink so bad? <laughs> nah, and I, I was like, and then it hit me. Beast, we've got him with Jess. This would, the hell are you playing? That was an accident. <laughs> and, it's rough as well. and, then, uh, and then it hit me. This game would be really good on a tabletop. Yes. And not in a video game. And yeah. I I think I've heard a, a couple people actually say that. And they were like, a sinking city tabletop would be a really, really cool experience. Or like using that as like a campaign setting. Yeah. Like, be, it'd be interesting. Yeah, because instead of the protagonist 
figuring out the whole plot of this story. It really feels like you and your group are uncovering this concept of the sinking city and, and what's and what's going on in the first place. And that of itself, I think, was kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah. And, and if the right people came along and were like, hey, this would be better as a tabletop and not as a game. And who knows? Maybe if it started out as a tabletop and you know, again, the right people came along, they could have adapted it into a good game. But yeah, you know, sometimes you know, you don't you don't pounce at the right bush and and it it sometimes can be disappointing, but it, it's always cool to think that you might just be that person that comes along <laughs> to be able to fix that, you know, conventional problem that it might have. And going back to Call of Cthulhu, I think it's like the same thing because Call of Cthulhu, HP Lovecraft in general, is hard to adapt since he doesn't describe stuff. And when he does, actually drawing it out, it looks silly. So it's hard to like actually get like a good visual style for that. And that's why it's easier to have like someone explaining like a horror to you and like saying this unimaginable mass or something like that is way more interesting than a game and you walk into a room and a pile of muck that moves it's not as interesting if i a pile of muck it just so happens to have been my rap name (laughs) so (laughs) pile of muck was your rap name a pile of muck was my rap name (laughs) I, i think yeah i actually agree with you a lot david um I think being a lot older now, one thing that I've found out about H.P. Lovecraft is yeah. I like reading his style more than someone else reading it to me. Yeah. And again, like when you have like that tabletop aspect from it where, you know, it, it's a lot of it's reading, you know, and yeah. you, you get that information and you fill in that blank and then, you know, then you read like, that pile of muck it's it, it it's it, an atmosphere too it hits it, it it strikes a different chord with you than the you know the protagonist either narrating it or, or you kind of reading it in a more game setting and you're like yeah then you you get to experience it more and then you get to understand yeah exactly like what you yeah. said like how the environment changes and, and how that mood and tone variation kind of goes along with with whatever activity that you're doing. And what I'm reminded of with that is like uh, some of the sessions you and I have done of uh, Call of Cthulhu. And um, the one thing I remember specifically is like, I have like this one song I play every time. Uh, I forget who it was made by, but the song's Lost in Fog. And I will turn that song on. And Zach's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Yeah, so <laughs> where are we going with this? Where are we, we going doing? with this? No, no, man. Naveed, Naveed has this thing. So Naveed likes uh, fucking with my flow. And <laughs> I, I, get, I get it. So Fizzle's got a flow. Fizzle's got a flow. Always got a flow. And, and so the campaign that we have, at, it's actually an ongoing campaign. Yeah. Um, with just, just him and I. Yeah, uh, he, me running. Yeah, he just keeps like installing like little sequels to, to my main character story. And there will be sections of it where I'll kind of get into this detective flow because that's who my uh, my character is. He's an inspector. He'll kind of get into this flow of, of uncovering things. And, 
And then it'll hit me with that song and I'll be like, David, I'm not fucking done yet. Give me <laughs> a minute. And then I'll walk into a room and there's a pile of muck in there and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Roll for damage, I guess. <laughs> no, because uh, the one that I remember is that um, the last one we did, I did it as like a murder mystery. And I, I like some of the stuff I did in it because like uh, he goes, because like he's investigating. He's like, oh, it's in the basement. You go down there. And what's down there? But like this giant shoggoth. So like this moving pile of eyes and rancid uh, liquid it's alive just moving around in this basement so you don't know so like he didn't know like what was going on exactly and i've got like this one character um i forget his name but um i got some plans for that character by the way that you're gonna be interested in fuck off (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and like i do like uh to sort of disrupt that flow of the detective work because I think that that's sort of like how Lovecraftian horror can be because I've read a lot of stories where like it starts out as this um one I think of with that is the shadow over Innsmouth which is just this guy going on like this uh, sort of friendly uh hiking or no it was um he was just traveling around the country and like he comes across Innsmouth and he's and like it disrupts his whole world basically because he goes in and just fish. And going with that concept that you actually had with, you know, the disruption of the flow, I think it's so much more fascinating where you're in this position in in a game where you know like your flow gets disrupted, right? Yeah, and but you have time to react, you know, all you have to do is just pause the game and just be like, well, well, I guess I can handle the situation this way. Yeah. But being in a tabletop environment, you no longer have that pause button. You know what I mean? It's and reactionary. Exactly. You, your reaction has to be your initial and whatever you go off from there is, you know, going to change your character. Yeah. And I I really like that aspect of the tabletop that doesn't get replicated in games very well. Um but but that's fine. And I think that you know at the end of the day video games and tabletops are both the same and not the same. Yeah. They have things that can be replicated very easily um between each other and there are just elements in there that just aren't the same when yeah. it's just you being human, you know, playing through this game on a tabletop. So you bring up that pause button. And it, rem- it reminds me of something I would do a lot with uh, the Telltale games is I would get to choices. I'm like, okay, pause the game. And like you check the choices, like you have time to like stop and think. And it kind of discounts like the whole timer that they give you because it's like, well, what's the point of the timer then if people are going to like pause it and think? Yeah, isn't it like, I forget what the exact amount of time is, but like when you're having like a a face-to-face conversation with someone, isn't it like two seconds or something like that? And then the conversation becomes awkward. Yeah. Like it's a very minuscule amount of time because, you know, sometimes like even like in a podcast where you might be listening to and, you know, whoever's speaking kind of 
pauses for a second to collect your thoughts and you're like and it can be like the video pause. What, what happened? <laughs> and it, it can be like one second, but then it'll what just, happened to the audio band? Yeah, yeah. where's the audio man at? <laughs> it'll, it'll, or it'll just stop, and you're just like, mm. yeah. yeah, it definitely and, is like and, that. And, and granted, you know, like you can't fault someone too much for that. I mean, like we're all human. You know, sometimes we all have to stop and collect our thoughts, or you know, kind of you know, like you start word vomiting, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of has to be able to have their own pause button. I think, and kind of be like, all right, I'm kind of talking up my ass right now. I'm going to let someone else talk for a couple minutes. We're currently talking in circles. We're circles are coming back. We're just talking in circles. Did you know we're talking in circles? You, we're talking in circles. Did you know that you do Fun that thing? And like, exactly. Like there, there has to be that, that, that one person there that, you know, is kind of giving that, like, what that is, X yeah. and that. It, it is being self-aware also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and self-awareness is very important as well. But sometimes, you know, you get, so lost in what you're trying to go for and you know like i said that you start more vomiting but at the same time you really want to push out what you're trying to what you're trying to preach but the person's like it's not working it's not working just yeah stop it. It, it it's like taking an arrow to the knee yeah yeah a yeah bit. and then you know then you tell somebody again about again. taking an arrow to the knee and um, then then about an hour or two goes by for somebody and then they happen to walk by you again and you just let them know, why are you taking an arrow to the knee? And that uh, takes me to my main topic, which is Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim. Yes, Skyrim. <laughs> that is a game that I think does worlds very well. <laughs> it does. It, um, it's a very gorgeous game. I too. used to be an adventurer like you until I took an arrow to the knee. You're finally <laughs> awake. Did you take an arrow to the knee? David, did you text Terry to to say something like that? No, to I an, did not. Then that was fucking nice. Yeah, it was. I like. You know what I really like that we do is when somebody does a really nice transition, then we comment on it. Yeah, like just then, <laughs> Zach. Because it's it's like, come on. It's like, did you? It's not just like it's the first time. That? It's just pointed out. Did you <laughs> bring us to our main topic? Did you just like transition us? That is. Amazing. That was pretty nice. That's pretty good. So, <laughs> what is it you would like to speak to us about I, this game of Skyrim? I just would like to talk in general. And I think that this Elder Scroll game, Skyrim. I think a nice little circle around from Bethesda. Oh my God. A nice little <laughs> circle around with uh, Skyrim is that the reason, circle around. Circle around is that uh, the reason why I played. Is that like a ring? Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please. You're pissing them off now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So like a bit of a uh, circling back. um, The reason why uh, like I first played Skyrim in the first place because he, uh, my dad here. Because I bought it. Because he bought it and had been playing it. And I'd seen it. I was like, oh, this is a cool game. And I'd been wanting to play D&D, but I was too young and couldn't find a group of people that wanted to play really hard for you know somebody to find people that want to play D when you have like a 12 year old that's interested too because people are like yeah i was like well. 10 i think whenever i first played no i was like 11 whenever I somewhere around the game. yeah somewhere around there 10 and 11 12 it's all kind of about the same yeah 
So I found so because of that, I got into Skyrim and I just I played hours of that game and it took me a long time before I actually beat the main story because I would just spend most of my time just dicking around. I didn't even level up my character. I would just walk around and do stuff. Um, you didn't level up your character? I did so the first time I played Skyrim, I was a level one Argonian the whole time. I never because like I didn't know what leveling was. I never played a game that had anything to do with leveling, so I did not understand the concept of leveling. Well, Naveen, um Skyrim fits in this category. You, you've probably never heard of it before. It's called RPG. Zach, I had never played an RPG before what, this. And what, I want you to get off my ass. No. Naveen, RPG stands for, uh, uh, I think, repugnant, pungent grandma. <laughs> and uh, basically what you what you do in those games is you, you do things and you get this thing called experience points. And you can cash those in for prizes such as abilities and things that make the game a little bit easier. You know, play. the funnier thing, too, is like, for the, so like I learned leveling up. It took me a bit longer to figure because, like, <laughs> I was dumb with games for the longest time. Um, for the longest time, I did not know that there were skill trees in the game. So I had all, like, these character points and stuff. I just would, like, level those up. It was like, oh, cool, I leveled that up. Anyway, on to level 15. And I just went back, and I think I had, like, 26 character points at one point. I was like, what are these? And I, like, spend on a tree. I'm like, uh, Terry, why didn't you tell your son how to like play the game? Because he was about letting me figure stuff out, and he no. was also taking a nap. No, 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 that's not uh, that's not, not how, true. That's not how it happened. It was mainly the taking a nap part because mm. I worked a lot and I worked long hours, so when you know, sometimes I take a nap. He but now, what, what, what it was with him because you know, he's 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 a he's a pretty willful guy um he really liked to figure it out on his own like that, that was his big thing he really liked to figure it out on his own um like i would constantly tell him with uh the first game that he purchased on his own assassin's creed black flag mm -hmm. that the game was more than him getting all the stuff to make the different outfits for the character like he had them all wasn't even very far in the game he could he was going as far as he could to get all the outfits and then you know i didn't even have the blow dart but i had all the outfits on every outfit I had every outfit i could have unlocked by it, that it, point. it's okay the blow dart gun like it sucks it anyway. sucks so, so much yeah but yeah i i say that he's come into his own with gaming and i think it it worked out better for him in the end than give him the structure of how to do it because then when he was actually ready for such a thing then he could explore that and pay more attention to that and then figure out how he wanted to set up his character you, you, you know i think for like i know that this might sound controversial but this this is the deep truth of skyrim it's not the greatest of games it is not it, it's not very polished it you know it's some areas it doesn't look pretty but there's still a charm about it that everyone goes back to you know and out of all of the games like i've played like skyrim like i really took my time with skyrim 
um, just because I was so fascinated by it, you know, and yeah. it, it did a really good job at, uh, of the environment of telling a story. And every time I would go into an area, I'd be like, Oh, what's over here? Yeah. Oh, what's over here? And I would just spend like yeah. a half hour just exploring the area. And so every time I go back and do like another individual playthrough of Skyrim, I know where everything is yeah. because I'm like, I've been everywhere. There have actually been a few times where like, I'm like, oh, I've done everything with Skyrim and then I'll find like that one quest or that one place that I had not found before. I'm just like, this is red as hell. And that's always a nice little thing every time, you know, to go back to something and like find something new. I I think um, it's really funny like that you said that because we could, we could be playing some of our favorite games for years. Yeah. And then, like, you don't really know how it happens, but you might replay one of your favorite games and you'll go, huh, I've never done that before. I never even knew that this existed. Like, one thing that I, I can note is that um, before, you know, this became, like, a big thing on YouTube, um, when I did um, a re- uh, play, a new playthrough yeah. of Zelda Twilight Princess. You can actually use the fishing rod to distract Ganondorf. Yeah, I've heard that. Or like, yeah, you you just you throw your line, and then Ganondorf's like, what the fuck, what the fuck is isn't, that? Isn't there like also another like? Uh, I think it's uh, Ganon. No, it was like a flower in Wind Waker. Where like, yep, you can use yeah. a bottle of the uh, of the Great Deku Tree's uh, spring water to. Um, kill it kill the i'm not gonna say the boss's name because i don't remember but it kills it in one hit and it was like a really tough boss too like the boss battle's like hard and you're just like here's some water it's uh, like ah! i mean the boss battle's not hard you just chuck your boomerang at it and it falls down then you hit it and then you do the same thing over again like but, i said uh, this is what i've heard um i don't know boomerang. and then like as i get older and i go back to some of my favorite games i focus less on playing it and focus more on kind of living in it if yeah. that makes sense and um one thing that i that's really cool with kind of sticking with twilight princess is uh one of the late game dungeons is this abandoned mansion in the in the mountains and there are these two yetis that live in this abandoned mansion yeah and like you know like they have their own personality and it's very charming and cute but one thing that's interesting about the mansion is the more you look around in it, the less of a mansion it is. And you actually find out that it's an abandoned fort. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's a bastion. It's mm. because there's uh, on the outer walls, there's arrow slits, there's abandoned cannons, there's tons of ammunition in the armory. Well, there's, there's an armory. And you kind of go, huh, it's yeah. pretty interesting. And um, there's a painting of, um, one of like a big character in Zelda named Impa sitting there and you go, Whoa, well, now they have connections to that. I'm figuring things out. Yeah. And I, that's always cool. I think like one thing I think like he's staying with Zelda, um, in breath of the wild, I see like a lot of stuff where, uh, like I've seen this pointed out a lot, but like there's a lot of areas in the game that are 
old degraded versions of like different areas uh from like older zelda games like uh, ocarina of time i think is like the biggest one where they take a lot of uh yeah from. I, I um just like there's like you could talk about breath of the wild all day but uh i did a playthrough where i like didn't use the paraglider at all and i actually just followed the the main roads of hyrule and i got to actually see so much more of it because i'm not flying right over it like there were ruins and you know different types of enemy outposts that i came across that i've never even seen before and it honestly felt like a whole new fresh experience of it and it, I, w- I was just so hooked on it too like yeah i don't like i don't really know why like because i've done so many playthroughs of breath of the wild but it was just that one time where I wanted to just follow the main roads and and not, you know, beat it as fast as I can yeah. necessarily. And I well, was just kind of playing through it, and I was like, "Man, this is this is really really cool." And like I'm seeing, it's like I'm seeing all of this for the first time again. And um, it's just that I, I think that's one thing that games kind of have over tabletops is that there's always a way to make it fresh again. Yeah, because like. Um... And like it's playing the same thing too, because like the one thing that I hear a lot about is Tyranny of Dragons, which is a campaign in Dungeons and Dragons where you play the god of the drag, where you fight the god of the dragons, Tiamat, who is a five-headed dragon and tough as hell to beat. And I hear a thing where like it's like a thing where people get like TBK'd by it all the time, and that's completely normal because it's just such a hard boss fight. So the thing that a lot of people will do is they will try to like get to that end as fast as they can so they can try that fight over again. And it, it goes back to like what you said, because people like will play that same thing, but they like know exactly what to do. Yeah, it's like, you know, honestly, when you get down to the to the nitty gritty of it, it's just you doing it over and over again until, you know, you've beaten it to your head. But yeah it's it's a lot more than that honestly like when you're really determined to experience something new uh whether it's with a tabletop or with a game you're gonna find something new yeah there's always something new to find like even uh, I, i think one thing that's always been really cool to see on youtube is uh, like recent uploads of people playing games from like the 90s or yeah. on like N64 mm-hmm. and them discovering something significant that no one's ever found before. And it's just like, you think about it, it's like, that was an N64 game. Yeah. And that was years ago. Um, so like, there's always something new to find yeah. um, in, in games. And that's just such a crazy concept to think about. Well, when, when like I haven't played Skyrim in, a very long time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it, instead of taking the paths, like I, I constantly play games, not the intended way. Like I quite literally will not go on the paths. I'll go into the woods, start running into the trees and stuff. Like and the then wild man, he is. I just I just start going because it's like, well, where am I going to go? Well, what's going to happen here? And then, you know, you, you, you start getting attacked by, you know, who knows what, because you're not supposed to be going that way. <laughs> There's, it's, their, it's their way of having walls. And that's a thing that's, like, really common 
um, in Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know in, in Fallout. Yeah. I, I, the, I'll do the same thing. I'm like, here's where I'm supposed to go. I'm going over this way. Because that's the thing. Here comes a weird crab crab cat. You oh, know? God. <laughs> so, so I saw this video. I forget who it was from, but he did a thing of like the thing that people loved the most about Fallout 3 was walking around. Is going around and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. They like a lot of people barely like would touch the main story. They would just walk around and just well see what's there. You you get to you get to explore this yeah. world. You get to be in this world. Too bad Bethesda. Oh, for some reason with Fallout games, they make really empty worlds, but Skyrim's chock full of beauty. Um. Naveen, actually, that's not true because Fallout Three is one of the has one of the most revolutionary environments of all time. Oh, are you talking about the subway system? It's a game that's empty, and they made it empty. That's like that's like, <laughs> that's like genius game design. Naveen. It's an empty game that they sucked out. So the funny thing I think to me, all the interesting. <laughs> They sucked the marrow, man. The funny thing they I got think deep into the bone. The Fallout games of New Vegas versus three is that New. Do Ve- you like New Vegas? Shut up. I, I, this may be a hot take. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about New Vegas and how much you like. <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, um, the thing I noticed is like the difference is that like. Three, it's the wasteland of like Washington D.C. So you know you're expecting like this huge, like this sprawling wait, wait, the, capital city. Does this take place now in Fallout? What you said it was a wasteland. Hush. <laughs> so, but like the thing is, is that it's like did Bethesda to... predict the future of Washington D.C.? <laughs> take my things. You take your things and you take run. My things. So, like the one thing that I noticed is like it's such an empty city, though. And there's so few places you can go to in Washington, D.C. And that sucks because it's like they literally did this on purpose because most of the city is rubble. You can't get past versus versus New Vegas, which is literally it was a literal desert, but it has like so much more character to it and so many more interesting places you can go to. Well, I would love it myself if in these games if you're going to give me an environment, give me an environment and, you know, stop it with the boulders that you can't climb, make it a smooth wall, you know, or, or, or a wall that you can't, you just can't climb. You know, it has no, you know, it doesn't have to be smooth, but just, you know, makes a stop. Give me things that I can't get up on. I, I I totally agree with that. And it's, it's such a, it's such an easy thing to break immersion mm-hmm. to do and it's like oh yeah look it's it really like really but i think one thing that game well, in call of duty there are in in uh the d machina there's you can't climb on things yeah yeah it's yeah. like why like it's not really going to give you an advantage like you have to like really try to like like most of the time, you you just glitch on the shit. Well, no, they they, they the you climb up on something, the zombies start throwing shit at you. Yeah, you know? yeah, fine. And like then, they, oh my god, have they cranked that up? Oh. It's like you could be on a on on a roof, and these zombies will be like a quarter mile away, and they're 
hit me with shit. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? But no, don't give me things to climb on. Yeah. It's even if, if it's just even if it's just like a rock or or you know, whatever. Don't put it there if you can't climb on it. Yeah. I, I think one thing you can that, go around it. So it's yeah. obviously it's not some kind of, you know, barrier to keep right? it from moving yeah, anywhere. You can, go, so you can go around it, but you can't climb it's like, it. Like, what's yeah. the point of the barrier yeah. if it's not even really a barrier? Yeah, you know, I think one thing that game devs have definitely caught on is that mm -hmm. and you know, a game's got an end somewhere, you know. Um, but well, I, I'm I'm fine with that. Just don't give us objects. Yeah, I, I, no. I, so, like, um, what I was gonna say was, they've a lot of devs have created like really dynamic and unique ways to kind of prevent the player from continuing on. Like mm -hmm. in Grand Theft Auto Five, when you're playing the story mode, there's a big ass great white shark in the ocean that will eat you if you try to go any further mm -hmm. and in subnautica when you hit the dead zone there's these two massive ghost leviathans that come out and will end your life there too it's it's just it's neat to see you know like the the dev still telling you that like you, you can't go that way but here we'll throw you a little uh cool little easter egg there too something mm -hmm. i think about with that is uh in the assassin's creed games where like if you go like near the borders or something like it'll be like hey you're gonna die if you keep going this way and like it makes sense like in the in-game universe where it's like desynchronization oh yeah because, like, it, the memory only stays in that area nothing is past that area for the memory yeah that's that's kind of makes cool. sense yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's it's actually what makes makes it really cool was the fact that it's an it's an in story reason. Yeah, that's the thing I love too, which is better than invisible walls and a message that says, "Oh, you can't go that way." And, and I I, that I think one thing that's really cool, especially the new gen AC games of what they've done, is like because they're open world, you know, like but you can't explore everything all at once. You know, you still have to follow the story. Some level, just like a conventional. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and it makes sense when it hits you know you get hit with this really cool dynamic kind of like geometric barrier that it's like basically saying that like you know the character hasn't experienced the necessary memories to go into this area so yeah. it doesn't make sense to be there yet mm -hmm. and um you know like i've been saying that like devs have um really been catching on to that and trying to create unique ways to you know prevent that continued progression but still maintaining a cool immersive experience at the same mm -hmm. time. It, 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 Ooh, I think um, it's just the evolution of gaming, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and for me with, with Skyrim, um, uh, it, it was like an evolution in games for me. Like I heard people talk about it. Like I know people played other games, uh, the other elder scroll games, and like a lot of people are like, oh, check it out, check it out. And I was like, you know, what the hell? I think I got it used. I can't remember. But um, you got it like near uh, when it came out, though. Yeah, no, it was it was a little bit after it came out, but um, it 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 was definitely a step up for me, and I always like that. Um, which I don't get why, like, um. Like people, well, they, they want a Skyrim too. Well, you already had Skyrim. Yeah. Let's, let's let's have somewhere else. 
which is what they're going to do. You can do the same kind of thing, but somewhere else. You know, yeah. let's explore a new area. If you're going to do Skyrim too, because of the way you're kind of moving around this world in these games, people are like, oh, we want Skyrim too. That's just the same place, but again. That's never, and that's never what Elder Scrolls has been about in the first no. yeah. every it's, Every game is in a different region. Well, that's why it's like Skyrim is the name of the uh, country or continent. Yeah. The And, and, and like, th- th- this is kind of what makes me mad about like uh, Call of Duty because I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I think it's why what made Warzone so popular because it's a new place. And then I find out that all the other games, like all these maps and things we're playing. Oh, well, they had that before. This is just, you know, they just rezzed it up some. It's like, well, okay. Oh, we like this map. It's like, well, it's something new. How about that excitement when you got into Cold War? I mean, yeah. into Warzone. Then you get in a Cold War and you have all these old maps and then you do the prestige stuff and then you get all these old like calling cards. I'm like, really? That that's you, you get prestige and you get a calling card. It's a nostalgia thing. But yeah, it's like, let's progress. Let's make something new. Let's make something cool. Let's make it worth it. Yeah. You know? oh. And doing, doing, you know, moving from place to place in the Elder Scroll stuff. It'd be great. Oh, yeah. It's the country. I just remember. Tam- yeah. Tamriel's the continent. Oh, uh, I think yeah. Tamriel's the world. No. no, no. Oh, I'm, my head hurts now. But Zach, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that versed in Elder Scrolls lore. No, I'm, I'm very upset because I, I, I like Elder Scrolls lore and I can't remember like this very simple question yeah. answer to this question all right the only piece of lore that i know and i think this is also just a general fact um no one plays high elves because the high elves suck speak for yourself high elves suck zach yeah because they're assholes they are and they look butt ugly to boot. because they they look down on people because you know they're high elves and they just look dumb like with their weird skin tone and white whoa, hair. That's whoa, whoa, racist, Naveed. <laughs> what is wrong? You, can't you be are talk- an evil ginger. You, <laughs> you can't be being racist about fake imaginary fictional fantasy creatures. Yeah, they- Just because you glow in the sunlight doesn't mean you have to put down the people of different color. Well, Dad, not all of us can have the, uh, the nice chocolate tones of Zach. Wow, he even digs a bigger <laughs> hole. Just a bigger, bigger. How did I know that? Deep. Not drenched in darkness hole. Well, how, how did I know let that? Let me talk about the Jews. How did I know that? Oh, my God. How did I know that in a podcast, I wouldn't even be safe from a comment like that? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think it's time to wrap this up. You've taken us to a dark place. I've taken we we've gone to we've regrettable come, area. We've come full circle. You you've just created a a horrible allegory that that Elder Scrolls is the never ending race racism that goes on in our world. It is though because like there was the whole thing of like um what was it Windhelm right? Which was like the thing I find interesting uh, is that the difference between the Empire versus um, Stormcloaks is that Stormcloaks freedom of religion. But really racist. Uh, 
Yeah. Versus the Empire, where you're kind of under the foot of the High Elves, but it's not that racist. Yeah, I, I mean, it's again, it's like who's right, you know? Yeah. Who's right? Who's who's better? And there's some depth to that, but it's not at the same level as New Vegas, I think. Do you like New Vegas? I don't know. It's an okay game. I would like to thank you for listening to Lobby Boys as we discussed uh, Skyrim, apparently. Yeah. That was the subject, I guess. That, that, was, that was the big subject. It was. I think it was. But my name's Terry. My name is Libby. And my name is Zach. And thank you for visiting. Yes, please come back. My God, come back. Please. Don't, don't. Please. Come, please back. come back. Come back. Come back.